Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Keith McPherson on the fan inside the 9 o'clock hour. I'm watching the game. That's a fumble. David Njoku gets the yardage there. Another big gain for him. As I bet on him to go over 200 yards receiving with a live bet. <laughs> CJ Mosley laid a lick on him. I whip your head, boy. <laughs> he just knocked him back to the future. Let's see that again. Woo! Knocked the ball out. Knocked him on his backside. Nice little gain on the play, but here come the Jets. Come on. You know, uh, Danielle McCartan's coming up next. I just ran into her in the kitchen. I just uh, went to heat up my dinner really quickly. She's rocking the Jets jacket. I'm like, the Jets are in the game. They they answer. They go down and tie it. And then, of course, what do they do? They let them back in the game. Typical Jets. They fumble the next kickoff. They throw a pick six. And then they have a bunch of illegal procedures. That's coaching, man. That's like, I don't know. I, I know it, it doesn't matter. We're beating a dead horse. But come on. You know, just in this first quarter, the second quarter just started. But the Jets had three penalties, two turnovers, lost a fumble, threw an interception. They're just bad. And even when you, you show like that you can compete and you're in a game, you give it right back to them. It's not that the the Browns are out here looking like the uh, ten and five Browns world beaters. The Jets showed they could compete with them right away, and then just gave them opportunities. Opportunities here it is twenty to seven in the second quarter. Jets have the ball now that you know playing the turnover game, getting a turnover of their own. Let's see if their offense can put it together. Garrett Wilson, you got to secure that ball. That's is that a catch? Let's see. He's got a foot down, elbow down. Ground can't cause it. Let's see how they review this. The NFL is bogus. They never know. If you don't know, the officials don't know. That's not a catch. That ball is out. 877-337-6666 is third and eight. Let's see if Trevor Simeon and the Jets can convert. Doubtful. They do not. They will punt here. Bring out the MVP of the team, Thomas Morstead. And in this last hour, usually when I do five-hour KM to AM, it's it's open mic. You know, I try to obviously lead the way with my thoughts on, like, you know, whatever I want to, you know, hit on or whatever I want you to call about. But this is the fan in New York. You guys can call and ask anything. And whatever you guys want to talk about, I'll humor you with. Like I did say in my open. If you want to talk baseball, we can talk baseball. You want to talk basketball, hockey, we can do that too. It's a football Thursday for me leaning into the uh, bad boy mowers pinstripe bowl with Rutgers, our local team, defeating Miami. Big win for the whole Rutgers alumni and faithful, all those former Rutgers players that lost 11 straight to Miami. They get to see 
Uh, Miami get knocked off in Yankee Stadium. And then obviously leaning into this ride-along where you're listening to the fan, you've got my commentary on this Jets-Browns game. Uh, I know on the other station they may have the actual call, but I know it's an Amazon Prime game, so I don't know if there's rights on that. But either way, we've got plenty of calls. Call and join the show. You got me till 10. Daniel McCartan starts after that. Let's go to Oliver in Philly on the fan. What's up, Oliver? Hey, how you doing? Is this Keep Me Pearson? This is. Hey, how you doing? I was wondering, you know, you look at these Yankees, right? You know, you look at the Marin judge, the pitching, you know, the added staff. I mean, not to talk baseball on a Thursday night football night we can. where the New York Jets are obviously a four and five team. I don't really care what the They're New York six Jets and nine. do. That's why I'm talking <laughs> Yanks. Yeah. Right. So I was just wondering, I mean, what's your take on the New York Yankees, where they're going? Do you think playoffs next season? I mean, they, they better get back to the postseason next season. Right. I, I think if you go make that trade for Juan Soto, that's the first move that says we're all in. You also added that's Trent Grisham in that trade, and I feel like a lot of us are leaving out the fact that Trent Grisham is on this team, a left-handed bat that can play uh, center field in any of the outfield positions, and you also got Alex Verdugo. So right away, you addressed your biggest need. You need outfielders, you needed left-handed hitting, and you went and did that in a trade, but I think we're all waiting for the next move. Yamamoto is a Dodger. That conversation is done. But if you were willing to give Yamamoto $300 million, are you willing to go mm-hmm. out there and buy another arm? Is Jordan Montgomery coming home? This rotation wow. needs a lot of work. I think that the Yankees, their business model is to have October baseball, and after missing October going 82-80, and 80, they, they damn sure better get back to the postseason this upcoming year. Well, how's this, Keith? I was going to say, um, Kershaw, was he re-signed by the Dodgers? I, I, I'm i not sure if Kershaw has resi- resigned yet. or like Because that know. would be a beautiful piece for the Yanks. No you. way. He's cooked. I, no I, way? No, he's done. He's uh he's thirty five going on thirty six in March and he's a lifetime Dodger. I don't think he, he signs anywhere else. If they bring him back on a one year like farewell tour deal, maybe we see that. But um no I don't, I don't know. I think I think you may be missing a few things with Kershaw. I, I will say Kershaw last year, even a previous year before that, I wouldn't mind signing him on the Yankees because I mean that ain't, that might even be a confidence booster in the fact that I'm a New York Yankee now. I can do more things than the Dodgers. Yeah. No, I just think he's a L.A. for life. He's yeah, a Dodger. No. He's a West Coast guy. No way does he want to come join the Yankees. And what would they actually pay him for, like, a one-year deal? We're not the Mets. We're not giving him $43 yeah. million for a year. I think his best days are behind him. And I think if his contract is up with the Dodgers, which I'm not sure – Right. I think they're going to have an extension for him, and, and he'll just finish um, his career there. I, I don't think he wants to come this way. Thanks for the call, Oliver. Let's see. Dodgers need to offer Clayton Kershaw a multi-year deal or risk losing him. This article came out November third, 2023. I think his contract is up. There was a quote from Clayton Kershaw where he says, I'm hopeful to return to play at some point next summer. Um, but he's 35 years old. He had to undergo a procedure to repair some ligaments and a capsule in the joint in his throwing arm. No, there's no way in hell the Yankees are even thinking about offering him anything or bringing him here. He's a Dodger. He 
He's going to finish his career with the Dodgers, especially since the Dodgers just loaded up and they won't actually really need him to carry them as he did for so many years. They have Walker Bueller coming back. They just added Yamamoto. Otani will be able to get going in a year or so. So, nah. Nah, I just, uh, I mean, I like ideas. I like, you know, fans calling up with ideas. But if we're going to go after a left-handed pitcher, go and get our guy Jordan Montgomery, and then there's a story for the fan base. The reunion, Monty's return, the Yankees love doing second tours so much. I'm not for it, right? Tommy Canely came back. He sucked last year. Uh, Billy McKinney came back. He had his moments, but ultimately he turned into a pumpkin. Greg Allen came back and wasn't better than the first tour of duty. Um, Jordan Montgomery, a second tour, I'm not exactly fired up about, but when you look at this rotation, I wouldn't be mad at it either. 877-337-6666. Now Elijah Moore's getting going. I took his under, and I think he just went over his yards right now. Oh, he's right there, so... His receiving yards were at 33 and a half, and I'm like, eh, he's not going to have a revenge game against the Jets. He's at 31 yards right now. He'll probably go over, but I only put like $3 on the parlay taking his under. Right now, what I need is for Jerome Ford to score another touchdown, rush for another 40 yards. I need Brees Hall to go over 60 yards receiving, 80 yards rushing, score another touchdown. I need Njoku to continue. He's got 128 yards. I need him to hit 200. We'll see how this goes. Now, at the 20-yard line, the Bronco, the Broncos, the Browns have the ball. And uh, they look like they're trying to score again. It's a third different running back they've got in there. Well, let's see. Let's keep it rolling. Vincent and Astoria on the fan. What's up, Vince? Gee, thanks for taking my call. I always love when you're on the fan. I, I, you know, you guys were talking before about Brock Purdy, and I know he obviously had a bad game. But, listen, I'm a Cowboys fan like you, unfortunately. I hate the Niners, but. Uh, Brock Purdy's numbers, he's not a dink and dunker. This kid is the real deal. I know he had four picks, but they out they outgained the Ravens. And, you know, obviously they lost, and they lost big. When you turn the ball over four or five times, that's what's going to happen. But I'm afraid, this is my fear because I hate the Niners. Uh, first of all, I think Birdie, Brock Purdy will win the MVP. But even worse than that, I, I, I think this, guy, this kid's going to be, you know, winning three, four, uh, multiple Super Bowls in the next six, seven, eight years, and I just think the system is just, you know, Kyle Shanahan, just a great offensive coordinator. I, I truly believe if if uh, Brock wasn't hurt last year, they would have won the Super Bowl um, last year, and I think they will meet the Ravens again in the Super Bowl this year, but I don't think they're going to get, or they're going to give up uh, four turnovers. I think it'll be, you know, a, a much cleaner game, and I just unfortunately think the Niners are going to come out on top. I do think he'll win the MVP, and I do think he'll win multiple Super Bowls. Uh, I just think, I mean, you look at his numbers. He had, like, near the top, you know, yardage. He's not a guy who just dinks and dunks. I I don't know. You you are a football player. When you see him, what what do you see as a player? Is he a system guy, or is he the real deal like I think he is? Yeah, thank you for the call, Vince. What I'll say is the 4,000 yards that he has, he's not a dink and dunker. He's not checked down Charlie. He's not you know, no arm strength can't get the ball down the field. You've seen him push the ball down the field. But he's a product of the system and the weapons in the system. So those 4,000 yards, you heard Mikey from Queens call and talk about the yak, the yards after catch. The 4,000 yards that he has, it's not like Joe Flacco throwing for 300 yards a game where he's throwing the ball down the field with 40, 50 air yards. 
Brock Purdy is throwing a screen to Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey's taking it 60, 70 yards to the house. Brock Purdy is throwing a slant to Debo Samuel. He's taking it to the house. Brock Purdy is hitting George Kittle. He's galloping down the sideline. Brock Purdy is up there in every category. Yards, he's number two. Let's see, quarterback rating, he's he's number one. Passer rating, he's number two. Touchdowns on the season, Brock Purdy is number two with 29. His completion percentage, he's number three. What they were waiting for was one bad game because he was Mr. Irrelevant. He wasn't high profile coming out. He's like a diamond in the rough. They want to just say he's a Kyle Shanahan project. He's a he's a product of Kyle Shanahan's coaching, offense. Plug anybody in there. And you saw Sam Darnold go in there and throw a pick and not necessarily have more success than Brock Purdy. But people love to say plug anybody into his system and they, he'll be Brock Purdy. I don't think that's true. I think they love to discredit the guy. And there's a touchdown. Elijah Moore, as he goes over his prop yards and gets a touchdown in a revenge game against the New York Jets. Probably should have bet on that. Probably should have bet him to, to score a touchdown and go over his yards against the Jets. I mean, you, you kind of knew it was going to happen, right? They were going to make sure that uh, he shined tonight against his former team. Jets traded him over there for nothing. Elijah Moore, touchdown on DJ Reed. And now the Jets are getting rolled. And now this game it has just passed the or I think it'll 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 be right at the over under because of that missed extra point. This extra point will make it twenty seven to seven. And I mean the over under was thirty five. That's thirty four points right there. <laughs> so that's gonna definitely smoke a couple of my uh, parlays. I definitely had a parlay. Hopefully I had the same parlay. Yes, in the same. Nope, I had two parlays. One parlay with the. Elijah Moore under yardage, womp, that smoked. And another parlay with the under, not smoked. So be it. It is what it is. Still looking good on the Joe Flacco three passing touchdowns, 300 yards parlay. I'm still looking all right on a David Njoku 200 yards ticket. Uh, Jerome Ford. 56 yards rushing. I need him to get to 100 and have another touchdown to cash that ticket. And Brees Hall, I need to continue to. But, yeah, Brock Purdy is a good quarterback, right? Trey Lance wasn't a good quarterback. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was not at the top of the league putting up the numbers that Brock Purdy's putting up. But as far as the MVP goes, I knew Christmas night watching that game. My mom had the Niners. I had the Ravens. And Lamar Jackson is my fantasy quarterback in three leagues. I picked him this year knowing that in the Todd Munkin system and with him basically missing more than half the season last year, not taking those hits and getting paid, that he was going to come out there and ball this year, and he did. And I knew what you were watching was quarterback versus quarterback, a guy with an MVP trophy versus a guy that they're saying should be the MVP and once – the guy with the MVP trophy started going off, and that team started, you know, getting turnovers and picking off the uh, guy in Brock Purdy that they're saying should win the MVP. I'm like, that's it for the discussion. Now you're hearing Christian McCaffrey. Now you're even hearing Josh Allen, Tua, uh, maybe even they're even throwing in um, Matt Stafford in some low conversations. Not going to happen. It, the the MVP goes to the top seeded team and the quarterback on the top seeded team. And right now the Ravens 
are the number one seed in the AFC. And most likely, Lamar, even though when you go look at the quarterback stats, Lamar is not, he's barely top 10 in some of the stats. But they're not going to give it to Tua. They're not going to give it to Jalen Hurts. They're not going to give it to Dak Prescott. They're not going to give it to Brock Purdy. It right now is Lamar Jackson's trophy to lose. Bruce in Flushing. What's up, Bruce? You're on the fan. Hey, can you have some Yankee points if I can? Absolutely. Number one, I totally realize Yankees could definitely need a legitimate closer. My only question is, do you want to give Josh Hader nope. five years and I five You years? saw that? Did you see the report that he's looking for Edwin Diaz money? Yeah. And and, and even though I know we need him, I don't, I'm really hesitant to give him that kind of contract. The, the Yankees won't. I think C-Mac and I were talking about it yesterday. They were eyeing Jordan Hicks, and you know how the Yankees operate. They turn Clay Holmes into their closer. They like to mix and match and create lanes and matchups where they'll close with Ian Hamilton. They'll close with Jonathan Lewisaga. They'll close with Wandy Peralta. You know what I'm saying? They they you, had Aroldis Chapman as their closer for a few years, and he was shaky, and I think... You know, when Clay Holmes emerged, they you know they thought he would be the guy. Now they're kind of like, hey, we it can be closer by committee. So you agree with me? Yeah, there's no, there's no way they give Josh Hader a five year, hundred million plus contract. Maybe they trade for a guy, which that's Cashman's specialty, right? The guys that we named, right? right. Wandy Peralta, Clay Holmes. He'll always trade for a guy, and then they'll they'll get him in their pitching lab with Matt Blake, and and the next thing you know, they're they're trying him out as the uh, ninth inning guy. I don't think that they're going big game hunting for a Josh Hader type. Okay, second point. There's a pitcher out there who I've only seen once or twice on highlights in MLB Network. His name is Rodriguez. He's a Cuban pitcher who pitched in the Japan League. He, um, again, he, he pitched. I don't think he pitched this year because he saw an argument with the manager. He pitched in the WBC as a star for Cuba. Really good stats, really good stuff. His delivery is like El Duque's. Mm-hmm. The question to to you is: Do you go after him, make him a starter, or do you bite the bullet and trade prospects for Burns from Milwaukee? I think you check on Burns first. I don't know if Milwaukee is going to let him go. I know he was a little disgruntled with them last year during arbitration. Obviously, David Stearns isn't there anymore. They should be open for business. You check on Corbin Burns. You try to be first in line for Corbin Burns the way you were for Juan Soto. But I don't know if they're going to make a move with him. This this Uriel Rodriguez guy has started to get a little bit of buzz and a little bit of chatter in the last few days. I see the Cincinnati Reds have an article about him. Um, I, I, I trust Cashman to do his job. Brian Cashman was pointing fingers at the media. He had a... a a, a retort to every criticism that was made about him and the Yankees over the year. Do your job, Cashman. Uh, go out there and make the trades and find the guys. Like you, We need starters and we need relievers still. You've traded away all the young prospects and the young pitching depth. You have to replenish somehow. And uh, I, I don't care if you got to trade a Peraza or a Pereira. I don't even care if you got to trade Glaber Torres. You can never have enough pitching. The problem with, with uh, Rodriguez is he wants to start and the Yankees want to use him out of the bullpen. So he may be hesitant to, 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 to sign with the Yankees. What about um, Managa from Japan? 
Would you go after him? Yeah, the, the uh, Shota Imanga guy. Yeah. I don't know. They're saying he's Kayagawa 2.0 and that, like, he, I don't know. I, I think, like, Yamamoto was the clear-cut prize. I'm not sure what this guy's going to command now. Maybe they humor him, but I think there's some other teams that are going to pay more than the Yankees will. I think the Yankees were all in for Yamamoto as their big spend with pitching. I'm not really sure where they pivot outside of, like, making a trade for the Corbin Burns type or Shane Bieber type and then signing a Jordan Montgomery. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I don't think Montgomery is going to want to come back here. Me either. I know we keep saying it, but like he's living in Boston, and I remember his comments about big lefties don't grow on trees. As soon as he left here, he grew that beard out. I watched both of his starts with the Cardinals against the Yankees where he shoved. It was personal. Now, I know you can change all of that with a a couple uh, commas and a dollar sign, but at the same time, like, there's just this weird feeling I have that, like, he comes back here and he's never the same guy that we just saw the last couple years as an ace for the Rangers and for the the Cardinals, and he reverts back to, to the Monty that, you know, couldn't really go deep in games and the Yankees couldn't score for. I don't I don't know. I don't know. For the for the Burns trade, would you be willing to give up three or four really good prospects for him? Yeah, because Corbin Burns would be a one year deal similar to the Juan Soto thing and you're anteing up, you're pushing all your chips in for right now, twenty twenty four. In my opinion, the American League is wide open. In my opinion, the Astros are not what they used to be anymore. The Rangers are not guaranteed to go right back there. They're going to be missing some pieces. I, I, you can miss me with the Rays. The Rays are, are wondering where Wander Franco is. He's never going to play for them again. The Orioles, I don't think those young guys are going to be able to duplicate, duplicate their success. And I remember being at the game's july 4th weekend where the yankees were neck and neck with them and blew a couple games this past season to the orioles i don't think in our division the blue jays are a threat they're frauds so in my in my humble opinion i think the american league is wide open and if you've got a one-two punch in your lineup of juan soto and aaron judge and then you've got sneaky hitters in your lineup like rizzo like glaber if he's still here stanton volpe lemayhu Go get the pitching. I can't expect Garrett Cole to go back-to-back Cy Young years. I can't expect Nestor Cortez to return to all-star form. I have no idea what Carlos Rodon is going to be this year. He might regress even more. He might not be cut out for New York. You can't sell me on Luis Heal and Clayton Bieber and Will Warren. They have to go get another guy just in case Clark Schmidt isn't that solid of a three or four. Have a happy New Year, you and your family. You too, Bruce. Thanks for the Yankee talk. We can always do that. We can always talk Yankees. I mean, I'm ready for it. Like, I think I joked with Chris the other day. You know, he's like, oh, but the Cowboys might. I'm like, I do not care about the Cowboys. They could lose to the Buccaneers in the first round of the wild card. I could not care less about the Brooklyn Nets. I haven't cared less about the Brooklyn. I, it's been a long time since I've just like, there's such an afterthought. I'm watching the Devils winning overtime. Like, I'm a hockey fan now. But really, 
first and foremost, I'm a New York Yankees fan. I already booked my trip to spring training. Spring training starts in two months, folks. So we're on the baseball season. As soon as that ball drops, I'm counting down to pitchers and catchers because I believe 2024 can be a lot better than 2023, which was filled with disappointment. Lou and Tom's River on the fan. What up, Louie? Hey, thanks for taking the call. I appreciate it. Um, following up with the Yankees, a little, a little potpourri here. It's funny because I heard the other day, both Monty and Sonny Gray, when they were here, were not very good. Although Monty was a lefty with a winning record at about a low three ERA, still pissed off that we traded him. But both of them said that the Yankees were telling them what pitches to throw when they didn't yep. want to throw them. And yep. both of them leave, and both of them have success when they're gone. So if we do bring Monty back, maybe just let the guy toe the rubber yeah. <laughs> and throw his game. Yeah, at that, this point, he's got, he's got a World Series ring, and he's got uh, two years of doing his thing at the, at the top of the league as far as left-handed pitchers go. They're not going to have Matt Blake trying to change him. They're going to say, yeah, you're a vet. You got the big money yeah. this time. We paid you. Go out there and do what you do. Just go out there. Now, here's another thing. Here, here's a here's a, a two words I'll say to you that the Giants haven't seen in decades. Tight end. You go back to all the winning seasons, Super Bowls, uh, the NFC championships. Even no matter if we didn't win, we had great seasons. We always had one thing: a great tight end. We haven't had a good tight end. Yeah. I mean, even Howard Cross. Talk about disappointment! What a disappointment Darren Waller was. Darren Waller was supposed to be Daniel Jones' number one target. Weapon all preseason, they were talking yep. about how no one could cover this guy. He was always open. Yeah, it, 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 and then finally, here's one: a little bit of success. People forget it was a rebuilding year when they bring Coach Abel over, right? So all of a sudden, I said that winning last year is gonna be a problem because if you win three, four games in a rebuild and you're heading in some direction and you have, you know, some good pieces, you see where there's some growth, you're okay. But you have success, you win a road uh, playoff game against the, the fake uh, Vikings, and all of a sudden everybody starts thinking, I think we're going to beat the Cowboys and Eagles next year. No, we're not. We, we got exactly what I thought we were going to get this year again, and this is supposed to be the rebuild. So uh, do you think that that little success last year kind of put kind of changed the way that the coach started coaching this year? Because you know he wasn't coaching the same the first couple games this year as he's been the last couple. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's, there was a lot of false confidence. There was also a, a lot of a feeling like we've arrived when, I mean, you know, day bowl this year, there was a lot of times we're watching the game and it seems like the fans are cheering him on to go for it. We're watching the games and he doesn't have that same gusto about him to go for it on fourth down or third and one Absolutely. or not third and one, fourth and one. And, you know, it's it's a just difference between like playing with feeling like you're playing with house money to, to feeling yeah. like you're kind of protecting something now that you're coach of the year and there's these expectations. Yeah, you're not playing to win; you're playing not to lose. But uh, always enjoy uh, talking to you, and I hope you and your family have a happy new year. Thanks, Lou. Enjoy the holiday. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. The Jets just scored defensive touchdown. That doesn't help me in my parlay that I bet. Elijah Moore to have the under, but it hits in the parlay. I did pick the Jets to score a defensive touchdown. So we've got a defensive touchdown on both sides tonight. I mean, if you bet this game tonight, there was money to be made there. I, I only wagered like like 50 to 60 bucks on it. I probably should have went all in. I definitely should have just like 
sprinkled some dollars all across this one. I mean, we're only through the first half, not even, and there's a ton of points. <laughs> 35 was the over-under, and so far there's 41 points scored, and there's still two minutes left. Like, the Browns can go out here. I, I, I can't wait to watch this. Joe Flacco, let me see your two-minute drill. Let's see me. Let's see your two-minute drill with uh, Najoku and Elijah Moore and these guys. Let's see your two-minute drill to go get three to make this a uh, a thirty to fourteen game at half, or maybe thirty-four fourteen if you go and score a touchdown. Two-minute drill. Spread these guys out. Let's see it. Should we break here? Yeah, we should break here. Man, my show is almost up. I've got about twenty-five minutes left, so we should get to that break. Call me up, 877-337-6666. We'll see if the Browns can add any more points before half. Right now, it is 27-14. The over has already hit in the first half. I mean, the Jets are still jetting, but they're kind of in the game. It's not an absolute blowout. Keith McPherson on the fan. We'll be right back. Okay. That's another show. I mean, this show flew by, I guess. We kind of started late and... Whenever there's a live game on, like we just did the Jets ride along, I feel like the shows go by quick because we're kind of watching the game, talking about the game, and then obviously talking about the same things we talk about from Tommy DeVito to Aaron Rodgers and speculating on the Mets and Yankees' next moves. And uh, tonight we had the Rutgers pinstripe bowl win over Miami to kick us off, and I thought that was cool, so... Man, thanks for rocking with me. Thanks for calling. If you've got anything to add, I think I have about six, seven minutes here. Keep McPherson on the fan. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's take this call, and uh, I'll see if I can fit in my picks for the week as I've already hit tonight. Uh, I had jo- Jerome Ford, two touchdowns. Count it. Uh, Joe Flacco, 300 yards, three touchdowns. He's four yards away from that cash and Count it. So, yeah, we'll take... I got one more call, and uh, we'll take that call, and then I'll try and give you my thoughts and picks on uh, the week coming up in the NFL. Manny is out in Brooklyn. What's up, Manny? You're on the fan. Hey, Keith. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Thanks for calling. So, Keith, I wanted to get your thoughts on a trade. Uh, what are your thoughts if Brian should call the Guardians and trade for Shane Bieber? Emmanuel Classic. Bieber. Classic. Who should they give up? Um, who was it that I was, they were saying the Dodgers were about to now, go get Emmanuel Classe. Now, whomever you package to send to the Guardians, let's say, same scenario for the White Sox, for Cease and Aloy Jimenez. Mm-hmm. I mean, they should be on the phone with the White Sox. They're open for business. They definitely should be checking on the Guardians, too. That division is interesting. The Royals have spent more money than most teams this offseason, you know, early on buying, uh, Free agents, but yeah, Emmanuel Classe, he's one of the best in the game. All star, uh, Dylan Cease. Now that would look great in our bullpen. I would love to see it, um, but that's what I what I mean when I say Brian Cashman, do your job. Get on the phone and talk to these guys the same way that you were able to talk to AJ Preller and figure out what to give up for Juan Soto. You got to have a couple more pieces, and I know we're kind of running low on arms to trade, but you got to have a couple more pieces to trade. To get a Shane Bieber. Thanks for the call, Manny. You got to have a couple more pieces to trade to get a Shane Bieber or an Emmanuel Classe. They're saying Miles Straw would have to be included in the 
<laughs> in the trade package. And every time I think of Miles Straw, I think of Spider-Man. Because Miles Straw is the guy that tried to scale the wall in center field to climb up and yell at the fans in Yankee Stadium. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Like, you guys remember that? When Cleveland came here two years ago, and fans, uh, after we walked them off, threw beers onto the field from Section 103, not 203. They tried to blame the bleacher creatures, and everybody I talked to was like, you know that didn't come from us. Like, the bleacher creatures get a bad rap, but the bleacher creatures are the ones holding order in there. We're the ones regulating, trying to teach people how to act in there because the bleacher creatures are there every game. But then there's the people that come to Yankee Stadium, get drunk all game, and instead of throwing their garbage away, they've been yelling at the the right fielder and the center fielder all game, and we walk them off. I think Glaber had the walk-off hit, and then you see some beer cans flying out in the center field. And, yeah, Miles Straw thought he could fight Yankee fans. He's not coming over here, but I'm looking at an article that says, if the Dodgers want Emmanuel Classe from the Gardens, they should have to take Miles Straw too. But, yes, there's been rumors connecting Emmanuel Classe and the Dodgers in a trade. Yankees, swoop in. Brian Cashman, do your job. You said you think you're you're pretty effing good. Well, show us now. Pretty effing good to go get Juan Soto. I like the Verdugo move as well. But, man, if you're not able to go out there and buy the arms, and, like, I, I am not going to lose sleep over Jordan Montgomery at all. If he comes back, fine. If they don't pay him all that money, that's also fine. But there are moves to be made and trades to be made. There are teams that want to get younger. There are teams that are poverty teams that want to get money off the books. And uh, guys like Emmanuel Classe would would look great uh, for the New York Yankees. I think he's got some locks, though. I think he's going to have to cut his hair a little bit. But Shane Bieber, send him. And uh, like a Dylan Cease, sure. Eloy Jimenez as well. I mean, I know it seems like we got a lot of outfielders right now, but you know half those guys are going to be hurt. We don't know when the Martian's coming back. John Carlos Stanton is cooked. I don't I don't think you're going to run him out there too much. He's pretty much your DH. Eloy Jimenez, why not? Um, who else was I thinking about with trades? We got plenty of time. You guys know that's what we're going to do, right? Because football season is officially done. We've got another uh, week here, right? The Jets have one more game after this. The Giants have two. But, like, they're they're not going to be in the playoffs once we get into January. The Nets are irrelevant. The Knicks, I mean, I, I didn't even speak on the Knicks tonight, but they need to make a trade. Talk about trades. They need to be aggressive at the trade deadline if there ever was a time. Now is the time for them to be aggressive at the trade deadline without Mitchell Robinson and figure out how to get some of these guys off the team. They have such a deep team, they can't play everybody, but you're, you're lacking in certain spots. Go ahead and make those moves at the deadline to shake up this team. You know who the stars of the team are. And if you want to make a push in the Eastern Conference again to get back to where you were last year, you literally have to. But we've got plenty of time to talk about the Knicks this next month coming up. You know every day is going to be baseball talk, hypotheticals, trying to project and predict who the Mets and Yankees are going to go after until it happens and then we react to the news. Okay, quickly here, my last two minutes. Uh, obviously took the Browns to cover and beat the Jets tonight. The Detroit Lions head to Dallas. Both of those are dome teams. Dallas is a fishy line. Four and a half favored. Dallas is trying not to lose three in a row. The over-under is 52 and a half. They're expecting points. The Dallas defense has been been giving up a ton of points. They're frauds. I'm taking Detroit in that game. Plus four and a half. Miami Dolphins at the Ravens. That's the one versus two seed in the AFC. The Ravens go back home to their fans that are going to be 
wired and riled up after they beat the Niners. The Ravens are going to beat the Dolphins. The Dolphins are banged up. There's no way the Patriots go to Buffalo and beat the Bills. The Bills know they have to win and stay alive. The Browns are about to clinch and take a wild card spot. Obviously, the Bills win that game and cover the 13.5. The Atlanta Falcons at Chicago Bears. Ew. The Bears will beat them at home, Soldier Field, in the cold. Dome team doesn't stand a chance out there. Tennessee Titans at Houston Texans. C.J. Stroud is back. You know they're going to get a win. You know that young man is going to try and uh, you know, put a cap on his rookie season winning offensive rookie of the year. The Las Vegas Raiders play the Colts. I think the Raiders can get them. I'm taking the Raiders plus three and a half. Los Angeles Rams at Giants. Obviously, I got the Rams. 49ers and Commanders. Obviously, I got the Niners. Panthers, Jags. Jags need to win bad. They should win there. Cardinals, Eagles. The Eagles will win there. The Bucks will beat the Saints. Pittsburgh Steelers. They're not going to go out there and beat the 12th man in Seattle. Cincinnati Bengals versus Chiefs. Jamar Chase was talking a lot of trash for no reason. Burrowhead Stadium. No, Arrowhead. The Chiefs need a win. They're going to win there. The Broncos with Jared Stidham. Got to beat the Chargers. Green Bay Packers versus Minnesota Vikings. Jaron Hall is going to play. I'm taking the Packers. And that's all we've got. Daniel McCartan's coming up next. Keith McPherson, I'm out of here. Thanks for listening. Bye. Sports Radio 101.9 FM.